Our scripture reading today comes from the 24th chapter of Joshua, verses 14 through 24. Now therefore, revere the Lord, and serve him in sincerity and in faithfulness. Put away the gods that your ancestors served beyond the river and in Egypt, and serve the Lord. Now if you are unwilling to serve the Lord, choose this day whom you will serve, whether the gods your ancestors served in the region beyond the river, or the gods of the Amorites in whose land you are living. But as for me and my household, we will serve the Lord. Then the people answered, Far be it from us that we should forsake the Lord to serve other gods. For it is the Lord our God who brought us and our ancestors up from the land of Egypt, out of the house of slavery, and who did these great signs in our sight. He protected us along the, all the way that we went, and among all the peoples through whom we passed. And the Lord drove out before us all the peoples, the Amorites who lived in the land. Therefore, we also will serve the Lord, for he is our God. But Joshua said to the people, You cannot serve the Lord, for he is a holy God. He is a jealous God. He will not forgive your transgressions or your sins. If you forsake the Lord and serve foreign gods, then he will turn and do you harm and consume you after having done you good. And the people said to Joshua, No, we will serve the Lord. Then Joshua said to the people, You are witnesses against yourselves that you have chosen the Lord to serve him. And they said, We are witnesses. He said, Then put away the foreign gods that are among you, and incline your hearts to the Lord, the God of Israel. The people said to Joshua, The Lord our God we will serve, and him we will obey. This is the word of God for the people of God. Will you pray with me and for me? Let the words of my mouth and the meditations of our hearts be acceptable to you, O Lord, our rock and our redeemer. If you are into obscure holidays or historical tragedies, you may know that April 10th is National Farm Animals Day. Or you may know that it is the day the Titanic sets sail on its one and only voyage. But for most of us, it's just another day. It's a day for birthdays and breakups, anniversaries and adventures, school, sleep, and any number of other normal things that happen on a normal day. As normal as April 10th is, though, this date plays a big role in my story. You see, this is the date that my mother left behind her painful and weakened human body to take on her strong and healed spiritual one. 
Over the last 30 years, I've lost seven close family members. These include a sister, my dad, an aunt, an uncle, both grandmothers, and my mother. Yet there is only one date of death that I remember. I think it is because, among other factors, I was the one who prayed my mom out of this life and into the next one. And I was the one who had to pick up the pieces and take care of all the after-death things that we deal with. It is these and others that has so indelibly etched this heavenly birth date into my mind when the other death dates of my loved ones are not there. After three years, I'm still trying to determine if remembering this date is a curse or a blessing. And I imagine that the truth is that it is really both. And whether it is a curse or it is a blessing, the anniversary always means that I am very aware of that date and I am forced to make choices that color the rest of my day. Choices. We have to make them from the moment we open our eyes each morning until they are closed in sleep every night. We decide if we're going to get out of bed or if we are going to shower and whether or not we should really get dressed all before we make it to the kitchen for our first cup of coffee in the morning. Choices continue with the morning commute, the office routine, dinner, evening activities, and even bedtime rituals. In fact, according to multiple sources on the internet, the average number of even remotely conscious decisions an adult makes each day is about 35,000. Friends, this is a lot of choices. Yet there is only one choice that we must make on a daily basis. And that one choice is far more important than any of the rest of the multitude. As the Israelites entered the promised land, Joshua gathered the elders, the heads, the judges, and the officers of the community together to make choices, charging them to choose this day whom you will serve. You see, God had come pretty late to this party. This was not the first God to be worshipped in the ancient Near East. Even Abraham, the patriarch of God's chosen people, came from a culture that worshipped Asherah and Astarte and Baal, among others. The Israelites had spent generations surrounded by Ra, Isis, and numerous additional deities of their Egyptian slaveholders. Now in Shechem, where they had gathered, the Israelites had entered into a place where the indigenous peoples served indigenous gods 
who were thought to protect the land and to guarantee security and prosperity to all those who had inhabited the area. But they also found themselves in a land where Jacob, who was later called Israel, the father and namesake of these people, had buried idols and gold in order to prepare and purify his family to worship the one and only true God. The Israelites had foreign deities in their past and in their present. Asherah was in their blood and Baal was under their feet and Yahweh was in their tents. It was time for these people, these chosen ones of God, to make a decision and choose who they would honor. Brothers and sisters, is it any different for us today than it was for the Israelites all those years ago? We may not know Astarte and Ra. Baal and Isis are pretty much gone. But we have invited new deities to our party. Our guests often include the gods of Botox and facelifts as we chase the ideal beauty portrayed by the media. The goddess of MasterCard and the deity named Bank Loan beg us to do their bidding as they promise to guarantee our prosperity. The god called Too Much to Eat pulses through our veins. Treasure is under our feet. And we, we are busily chasing these unattainable and unsustainable idols while the one who is called I Am sits by waiting for us to make a conscious choice of a life of service to him at the expense of all these man-made idols. When I started this sermon, I told you that every year on April 10th, I'm forced to make choices. In previous years, I chose to dwell on my loss and on my unfamiliar and uncomfortable status as 40-year-old orphan. It always put me in a place where all I could see was darkness and the peace of my heart that was missing. This year, though, my choice was different. Oh, I still woke up thinking about my mom. In fact, I thought about her most of the day. But my choice was not to dwell there. Instead, I chose to accompany Dee and what seemed like about a thousand fifth graders as they hiked at Franklin Mountain State Park. There among the rocky trails, I saw the vibrant wildflowers and the blooming cacti. I observed the magnificence of turkey vultures as they circled in the gorgeous Texas sky. I basked in the sunshine to see the beauty of nature. But more importantly, I chose to find God among the glory of creation even if part of that creation was embodied in the chaos of 10-year-olds. 
Reflecting on the day was a powerful reminder of Joshua's admonition to the Israelites and to us. Now, therefore, revere the Lord and serve him in sincerity and faithfulness. Put away the gods that your ancestors served beyond the river and in Egypt and serve the Lord. Now, if you are unwilling to serve the Lord, choose this day whom you will serve, whether the gods of your ancestors served in the region beyond the the river or the gods of the Amorites in whose land you are living. But as for me and my household, we will serve the Lord. This is the choice that God's people and Christ's church must make today and every day. We must hold God's promise up against the promises of the gods of our world to determine which one appeals to us more. We must discern whether we want to pursue the temporary gods who entice us with prosperity and security, or if we want a permanent relationship with Jesus Christ who promises eternal life to all his children. Brothers and sisters, We must name the one whom we are going to serve. So ask yourselves, which God are you choosing today? Are you choosing to serve the gods of society? The deities who tell you that a plastic surgeon and a maxed out credit card are the keys to prosperity and security? Are you choosing to remain enslaved to the artificiality of human creation and to your own self-interest? Or are you willing to give your whole being, your body, your mind, your soul, and your heart to choose a different kind of relationship? Are you ready for a relationship that requires us to willingly bury all those things that hold us and turn our hearts to God. Ladies and gentlemen, there was a covenant made nearly 3,000 years ago when the Israelites crossed the Jordan River. God chose his people. The people chose to be faithful to the one God who had led them out of Egypt who wandered with them in the desert, and who delivered them into the promised land. The people who chose to declare, the Lord is our God, and we will serve him, and him we will obey. So friends, search deep within yourselves today and make some choices. Remember whose you are. Renew your covenantal relationship with God. Affirm your identity as God's child. Choose this day and every day whom you will serve. My prayer for all of us today is that we choose to serve the one and only God of life. For it is then and only then that we can also choose to grow with God, grow with others, and grow in service to the world. Amen and amen.